0: Unbelievable. I recorded this entire podcast episode at home in my nice studio with my nice recording equipment, just knowing that the audio was going to be so much better than the previous couple of episodes. Well, it turns out when I went to edit the podcast just now that all the audio is all, it's a jumbled mess and the audio sounds like a Charlie Brown cartoon. It's terrible. Before I left on this trip, I actually woke up before the sun rose that morning just to capture the audio, so all I had to do was a quick edit and a publish. Man, it's unfortunate, right? I already invested my time, my energy, and not to mention, I set expectations. I had expectations of getting the episode edited and dropped tonight, but now you know what? That's already behind me. I have my portable microphone right now that I'm using in my hotel room on the desk, and I'm just going to do it again. Otherwise, I'd be lost in regret, regret and frustration, and make no progress toward my goals, right? I'm not going to let this slow me down. I'm not going to let it deter me. I'm going to stay focused, right? The reason that I'm mentioning this in my podcast today, because to me, this is masculine, dominant leadership, right? Just get the job done. I'm not feeling sorry for myself. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not going to blame anybody else. And all the time that I would do that, I could just record the episode again and go on. So take what you have and make it happen. Don't play the victim. Don't blame others. Don't blame your circumstances. Just get it done. Today's episode Well, it is not going to be recorded from my home studio. Rather, this evening, this episode is recorded in Paris, France. Right? Just a little bit more info. Tomorrow, I'm going to depart Paris for Hong Kong. The next day, we'll fly north to Seoul, South Korea, and then I'll begin to make my journey home. This trip, just like the last trip, is another around-the-world journey for me. But this time we're going to circle the globe the other direction. Thank you, everyone, for joining me today. And let's get this podcast started.
1: Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. We have a liftoff.
0: Welcome, everyone. This is Mr. Fox, the host and founder of the Hus Dom Dominant Leader Podcast, a community of men choosing masculinity, striving for excellence and fulfillment in all areas of our lives with some kinky dominance and submission, BDSM fun as well. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss... Planting a seed. What is it? What does it mean? And the real concern to me is if somebody were to say, Isn't planting a seed just incognito from manipulating your partner? Keep listening to find out why I feel that planting a seed is one of the most important and powerful tools for a masculine, dominant leader today. And towards the end of the episode, I will give an example discuss and offer a few robust tips regarding sending a sexy meme or a text to plant a seed with your wife or your partner. Before we get into this podcast today, I want to share a short audio clip from one of our Husdom discussions last week. First, let me give you guys a little background to the discussion. For those of you that don't know, for over a decade now, LK and myself have dedicated ourselves to helping couples discover happiness, passion, commitment, and rekindle the flame in their relationships. We author articles through blogs. We run online DS communities. We coach individuals. We coach couples. And through our communities, we also conduct regular live Zoom discussions where we, LK and I, make ourselves available to our membership to teach as well as to mentor and to coach in a group setting, right? These members actually have access to us. They talk to us live in real time, get our comments. What I want to share with you today is from last week's discussion on Husdom. It was a Husdom discussion I pulled a short audio clip of myself and a couple other members discussing, you guessed it, planting a seed. This audio clip is four minutes long, but I did, I really wanted to share some of the discussion with you. I thought it was powerful. So sit back and enjoy. Enjoy. I'll tell you what was going through my crazy mind the other day because I do talk a lot about planting the seed and I know that's like the monthly theme that i in but like I use that term a lot because I think that's what a lot of leadership is in my mind right it's not like dictatorship it's not like hey you do this because I'm the boss it's more like as a dominant how am I going to get okay to want to do these things right And one of the questions that went through my mind, because I don't feel it's manipulative at all. I don't feel I'm being manipulative, right? But as I started thinking this through the other day, when I wrote a response, I started thinking about my words, like, I don't want to come across that I'm trying to be manipulative to LK, because I don't feel that I am. If I want somebody to change their behavior around me, I can affect it directly by the words I choose, what I choose to respond to what I want to say, how I respond to it. And I think that's leadership. And I think it goes hand in hand with planting the seed. I think, you know, when you toss out an idea and then somebody else begins to grow it. And as they began to even grow it, if, if you're having a discussion, it's happening out loud, you can even kind of guide it from there a little bit, right? Or it could be as simple as a compliment. And I think that's what I was telling the other day is that that's what I would do. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have the direct back to his conversation, I wouldn't have a direct sit down. Like, Hey, I would like you to change your personality. I wouldn't do that. I would champion what she did. That was what I liked, what I wanted to see more of or closer to what I liked. And I wouldn't mention the other stuff. And I personally think as being a parent, I wish I understood this at the beginning of being a parent, but I think (laughs) I understand it now. Right. I'm a different man today, but, uh, same thing with my kids. Like, it's not just telling them no all the time, right? It's if, if you want them to to react a certain way or be a certain way, I even think it's not just human beings. It's, it's not just women. It's not submissives. And you think about animals, you think about your dog, you think even about your cat, like most people want to please other people. And if they know that you like something or that something's pleasing you, if they know it, probably even on a subconscious level, they're probably going to do those things or start doing them more often. To me, that's planting the seed. But I'm curious, I think as long as you're not being deceptive, I don't think it's manipulative, right? I think, but I'm wondering how you guys feel on that one. Because when I started thinking about how would I explain the difference, I got further and further and further into my own thoughts. So I'm wondering if you guys pretty much agree with what I said. And then if you don't, I'd love to hear the other side. And then if you do, I'm curious if you guys feel it's manipulative or not when you're planting a seed, when you're putting the idea out there that you'd like to see that behavior going that way without saying it directly.
1: I don't think it is. I mean, you're just trying to enlighten them in, in the areas that you
0: want to go. I mean, it's not like you're saying, hey, this is what we're going to do,
1: but you're saying this is what I prefer to do. So I think it it makes perfect sense. Well, I, I think, you know, I agree. Uh, when you think of deception, I kind of think of what is it that you're trying to do? And again, in a deceptive, negative manner. So you're looking for a selfish outcome, I think. Where if you're planting a seed, it's 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 a growth, something that the two benefit from. So if I'm looking, let's say, at the dynamic to go to a certain direction, and I'm planting the seed, it's because there's a growth involved that has a positive outcome for both parties. Where if you're planting a thought for deception, it's to me it's almost because it's going to be self-serving. It has nothing to do with the the sub or the uh the person. It's self-gratification and there's no growth in it it's it's just for me and I don't care what your thoughts are and I'm going to plant this uh, thing in your head so that I get what I want out of it Hmm. and to me that's the the deceptiveness that person is almost um, blindsided to what's going on tranquility base here the eagle has landed
0: planting a seed. What is it? What does it even mean? And isn't planting a seed just manipulating your partner? And why do I, Mr. Fox, consider this planting a seed to be one of the most important tools for a masculine dominant leader today? So what does planting a seed mean? Well, Planting a seed is a metaphorical expression that means introducing an idea, suggestion, or a thought in a subtle or indirect way with the intention that the idea will take root and grow. It is a masculine leadership technique often used in communication to influence or persuade others without being overly forceful or direct. Right, When someone plants a seed in a conversation, they're typically laying the groundwork for a particular concept or notion to develop naturally in that listener's mind. And this can be done through subtle hints. Um, it can be done through anecdotes, questions, statements, something that piques the curiosity or stimulates thought. The idea is that over time, The person who received the suggestion may come to adopt or even consider that the idea was that of their own without feeling like they were pushed or manipulated into it, right? For example, if a parent wants to encourage their child to become interested in science, they might regularly share interesting science facts, They might show them some science-related videos or documentaries. They might take them to science museums. By doing all of those things, right, they're planting the seed, the seed of curiosity and interest in science in their child's mind, hoping that their child will develop a genuine interest. Is planting a seed nothing more than manipulation? The effectiveness and ethicality of planting a seed in communication depend on the intent behind it and how it is used. It can be a very valuable tool for inspiring positive change or promoting understanding when employed ethically and transparently. If the intent behind planting a seed is to manipulate or deceive someone, it can be considered manipulative, right? Manipulative planting of a seed involves using psychological tactics to influence someone's thoughts, their feelings, or behavior without their full awareness or their consent. For example, if someone subtly plants a seed of doubt or fear in another person's mind to control their actions, that would be a manipulative use of the technique. Ultimately, Whether planting a seed is manipulative or not depends on the context and the intent and how it is executed. As a masculine dominant leader, it's essential to be aware of the ethical implications of using this technique and to use it responsibly. Planting a seed in your married dominance and submission relationship. Now that we understand what is meant when we talk about planting a seed and the difference between using it ethically or in a manipulative manner, how can we incorporate this into our married-DS relationship? Planting a seed in a married relationship often involves gently introducing ideas, suggestions, or discussions to foster understanding and growth and a positive change. Planting a seed is instrumental in creating a proper mindset in the relationship as well as a whole, but also for upcoming events, such as a scene, right? Sexual anticipation is cultivated primarily by planting a seed. The key to planting a seed in a marriage is to do it with love, to do it with respect, and a genuine desire to improve the relationship. It's essential to be open to your partner's responses and work together to find solutions and make decisions that benefit both parties. Effective communication and mutual understanding are crucial in ensuring that the seed grows positively within the relationship. Here are a couple steps to help you do this effectively. First, Choose the right time in the right place. Use downtime. Use downtime as your primary tool in order to create a comfortable and private setting where both you and your partner can speak openly without distractions or the fear of judgment or ridicule. Express love and desire. Start the conversation by expressing your love and attraction to your partner. Let them know that you value your relationship and you want to enhance your intimacy together. Listen actively. Encourage and allow your partner the opportunity to share their thoughts and feelings. Listen actively without judgment to what they have to say. Share your desires. Be open and honest about your own desires, your own fantasies, and what you would like to explore or change in your sex life. Try using an I statement to express your feelings and desires, such as, I would love to, right? I would love it if we could try this. I've been thinking about that. Ask for input. Encourage your partner to share their desires and fantasies too, right? Ask questions like, Is there anything you've always wanted to try in the bedroom? Or what can I do to make our sex life more satisfying for you? Explore together. If you both express interest in trying new things or making changes, explore these new things together. This might involve trying new activities, positions, incorporating more BDSM. Maybe it's more romance and intimacy into your relationship. Prioritize communication. Make communication about your sex life an ongoing part of your relationship. That is so huge, right? That's something that we weren't taught as married couples. Use downtime regularly to check in with each other to see how you can continue to improve and maintain a fulfilling sex life. A woman's arousal is different than a man's arousal, right? How do you keep the fire burning with anticipation? It's no secret by now that for a woman, their largest sex organ is their brain. And that says a lot because a woman's clitoris is much, much larger than most people even realize, right? That's an entirely different topic for an entirely different podcast, but it's true. Men get aroused rather easily. Wouldn't you agree? And according to psychology today, erotic stimuli immediately activates the parts of a man's brain related to getting an erection. That erotic stimuli is often a visual stimulation. Yep, men seem to focus on body parts for arousal. And unlike women, men's sexual arousal can exist whether there is a relationship present or not. That is what makes porn so prevalent and addictive for men. Men can simply click on a computer screen and be aroused in mere seconds. This is usually not the case for a woman, however, right? Women are far less turned on by visual images than men. What seems to turn a woman on more than the image itself is the fantasy that she creates, right? The fantasy in her mind that she draws from looking at that image. She might find bits and pieces of the image sexy, but it's really the story in her mind that she creates around that image. For example, if the image is that of a woman that is bound and being sexually objectified by a loving dominant partner, yes, the woman may be turned on by the picture itself, but most likely, most likely a more substantial turn on for her is the idea of a loving, masculine man. One that she could fantasize about, fantasize about having a relationship with. The man that has complete control over her mind, her body, and her soul. A masculine man that cares deeply for her and cares deeply for her well-being. One that wants to provide and protect her but also wants to take her to the deepest, darkest places of her fantasies, right? Wanting to feed and nourish himself with her presence and her flesh. Also knowing that her purpose of pleasing him is uninhibited by normal constraints of what is considered proper in today's society. And that with this inhibition, she'll be taken care of, protected, appreciated, desired, and used to serve his sexual pleasure. Yes, a woman's deep, dark, secret fantasies are generally often exaggerated. They're edgy and based on fiction, right? Much like a romance novel. I hear so many men say things like, well, I can't be that guy and I'm not rich. And I don't own a yacht and I don't have my own private airplane and on and on and on it goes, right? For those guys, set your ego aside for a minute. The woman isn't asking for any of those material things. It's her fantasy. It's just a fantasy. One that creates arousal for her and makes her wet and wanting Don't discourage this behavior with a lack of self-confidence. Encourage her. Encourage her imagination. Encourage her creativity. Encourage those fantasies. She knows that they're fantasies, and she knows that her fantasies are outrageous and often unrealistic. What she wants is the dominant man in the fantasy, the one that controls himself, the one that is brave, And courageous and can handle any situation. He's responsible. He's safe. He's strong, honest, right? She wants the man that adores her, one that desires her, one that is willing to emotionally connect with her. She wants a man that can create that safe container or space that I frequently talk about. And to those men that think that they can't compete with the fantasy man, Can you be what I just described as a dominant man in her fantasy? Because that is what she wants. She's not asking for an airplane. LK's favorite books to read are rooted in vampire dominance and submission, right? Ritualistic, blood sucking vampires that do all sorts of extreme BDSM activities. Guess what, guys? They're all independently wealthy. They seem to all have castles and high-rise penthouse suites. They ride around in their own private jets. They have yachts. Their bodies are perfectly hard and chiseled. They all seem to be master martial artists. And hell, they can even fly. Not airplanes, but they're vampires, right? They can literally fly. I got to tell you, nowhere inside of me is the need to compete with those handsome, Young, strong, blood-sucking, killing machines, right? It's the story, the feelings, the emotions that turn LK on. Not all the material things in the book. I'm going to be that dominant man that delves into her fantasies with her, right? I'm going to talk to her about them. I'm going to find the nuggets of information that I can take and transform into something hot, something in our real relationship. Now let's talk about how to plant a seed to ignite an inferno in your sex life, right? There are multiple ways to plant a seed in your relationship to ignite this, this inferno. We've already discussed that a woman needs more time than a man to become aroused, We have also discussed that women need to feel that they are in a safe place emotionally in order to relax, right? They need to let their guard down and completely allow themselves to immerse into the moment. Also, that a woman's arousal is often rooted in fantasy and the feeling that the fantasy can provide her. Don't fear that fantasy, guys. Women enjoy sex and appreciate sexy things, just like their counterparts. We as masculine men need to prepare an environment, right? And plant a seed in order to get her arousal. For a man, the anticipation can begin minutes prior to intercourse, right? Minutes prior to your scene. Yes, sometimes men, we are that simple. But let's not beat ourselves up over it. It's just, it's by design its nature but with that said women are more complicated when it comes to sexual arousal right sometimes deep penetrating arousal it can take days and often it can require many layers of techniques so sending one simple suggestive picture 30 minutes before your scene or maybe a smack on the ass at breakfast the day of your scene Well, that's not going to create any real female arousal, right? If you genuinely want to get your submissive in the mood for an upcoming scene, you need to kindle her imagination and begin days ahead of time, right? As a masculine dominant leader, how are you going to get her in the mood? As I mentioned earlier, we need to appeal to her largest organ, her mind. Right? So, what does she fantasize about? Use downtime to know what her desires are, right? People change people's moods and their tastes, they change as well. Discussing your sexual flavor and downtime should be a regular discussion. An example may be to send your wife or partner a meme or a gif that speaks directly to her fantasy or her desire, right? Too often men send pictures or gifts or whatever, whatever it might be that they themselves find sexy. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just remember, if you're trying to plant the seed, if you're trying for her arousal, it may be something that she finds sexy that actually ignites that flame, right? So when cultivating her mindset, you want to be sure to send pictures that she finds arousing. It's also important to send pictures that will also fit the upcoming scene. So if you're planning a spanking or an impact scene, for example, send pictures or gifts that incorporate some aspect of what you are going to try to embody into that scene right don't just send something you think is sexy or even as i suggested before just something that is that she fantasizes about right try to make it on point be sure when sending a picture or a meme to include a few words or a short sentence right remember guys we're all visual right we're going to get aroused when we see the sexy picture but a woman a feminine needs more. She needs some kind of cultivation behind the picture. Why are they there, right? What's the fantasy? What can she anticipate? So don't just send the picture and think your job is done, right? Send it with a couple of words or a short sentence. And those words, they can be dirty. They can be a little dirty. They don't have to be dirty at all. But there should be something there to generate um, some fantasy, to 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 allow her mind some creativity for anticipation that's what we're trying to that's what we're trying to build is anticipation and arousal the pictures the gifts the words the sentences again i think i've said this already but they should all be referencing to the upcoming scene and they should be thought out enough by you to have purpose Again, the main purpose is to create anticipation and create arousal for your partner. Don't forget, guys, we also need to woo her, right? That fun, sexy, flirting stuff that you did with her, right? When you were dating her, she loved it back then. And guess what? She still loves it today. Make this fun. Keep this relationship fun. Joke around a bit and let her know that you're looking forward to the scene. And how much you appreciate her sexual submission, right? Once the wheels of anticipation are in motion, nothing short of a natural disaster should stand in your way. A significant attribute to the masculine energy is accountability. A masculine leader needs to do what he says he is going to do, and he needs to do it when he says he's going to do it. Do not ever, do not ever take a planned scene or a planned event lightly. Men, we seem to be able to transition in and out of things, right, without a lot of thought or a lot of consideration. At the last minute, us men, we seem to be able to just justify putting something off to do it another time. And we feel like it's not a big deal. And to us guys, it may not be a big deal. However, this is precisely the type of behavior that sounds the alarm for the feminine right? As we make these changes just on the fly, it undermines and destroys that safe place that women need to feel emotionally safe. We often talk about that safety, right? That safety that the masculine is meant to provide to the feminine. That is a major part of this. In fact, I'm going to say it again because I feel that it is so important and often, often misunderstood. Men's inconsistency is what undermines and destroys the safe place that women need to feel emotionally safe, right? This holds true when we're planting a seed as well. So guys, that's gonna wrap it up today for this episode of Husdam. And I hope that I've planted a seed in your mind on jumping in and leaning forward in a masculine, dominant, led role in your relationship. And for those of you listening that are not yet members of HUSDOM, I hope that you consider becoming a member of our group of dominant men. I would enjoy chatting with you either in our Zoom live chats or on our private Discord server. A quick update on LK and I. And uh, this update is one of sorrow and grief. Um, Last week, LK and I lost a pony. And our pony's name was Pepe. Pepe had been with our family for many years. He used to be a cart pony and we purchased Pepe so my son could learn how to ride horses on him. There were a lot of great things that I could say about him, but I think for our family Pepe will be remembered as truly being a ladies man. He was always trying to woo the ladies. He was a big part in our family's lives, and he will be sadly missed.